So when we look at 2 Samuel, and we're going to get into chapter 6 in just a minute, but in chapter 6, David is bringing the ark home. It's been in captivity for quite a while, and I kind of feel like that's the way we've been for months, that we've been in kind of a lockdown. Well, actually, that's literally true. And, and listen, and I, I believe this too. I believe the enemy's trying to shut the church down. Did you hear about the, the, the recent ruling in Virginia now? And some say it applies to churches. I don't know. I didn't read the details. But I know for Christian schools and different things and Christian organizations, they're, they're, I guess in the law, this is what I've heard, in the law, if so we're taking up an offering. I mean, can you imagine if that gets to the churches now? Listen, he is the Lord of the breakthrough. 2 Samuel chapter 6, watch, this is this great moment when the ark comes home. And remember, when we talk about the ark, the ark is what? The presence of the Lord. That is God's presence. And the Philistines have had it all this time. Philistines have had it. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 1. And again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000 guys. That's a church service. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name, notice an ark is a piece of furniture, but it said whose name, whose, not which The presence is God himself, whose name is called by the name. Isn't that cool? I could preach a whole sermon on that. The Lord of hosts. Literally, he is the Lord of the angel armies who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart. Mistake. How many know technology is not going to get us there? How many know all the newfangled uh, ideas aren't going to get us there? Amen. What got them there 50 years ago is what's going to get us there now. (laughs) The Internet's not going to bring revival. People on their knees. Come on, church. Amen. So So they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. How many know we're on a hill? And Uzzah and that guy from Ohio. The sons of Abinadab drove the new cart. They keep saying new cart. It's a, it was a fancy. It was on a Cadillac cart. This thing was smoke and mirrors. We got it all. We got a, and they brought it out of the house of, of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And, a, and the guy from Ohio went before the ark. Uh-huh. Then David and all the house of Israel played music. and the best worship team in the world. Before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood and harps and stringed instruments and tambourines and and I almost said cisterns, cistrums, and and on and on and on cymbals. In other words, they, in other words, the music was together. They were in. They practiced. They were ready. We had we had we had music. We had everything. I mean, it was going. But how about this question to you? 
What good is the presence of the Lord if things are not in proper order? How many remember back when, back during Doxa and the move of God that we had back then and just a couple years ago? And during Doxa, what the Lord gave me that, that started all this thing was, if you can imagine a hook in your bathroom where you hang your robe. And God said, the glory of God that's coming is like that hook. Well, it's like the robe. And, but, but here's the thing. If the hook is not placed properly, when you hang the robe on it, it falls. So, listen, a lot of churches sometimes will have a breakthrough of glory for a day. But by Monday, it's gone because there's no hook for it. God will break through and bless, and then it's gone. It sweeps in, sweeps out because there's no place to land. Churches have to be prepared for the glory of God. Churches have to be organized for the glory of God. Come on, we can't bring this in on a new cart. It's not so much about you know, structure in the natural. It's about structure in the spiritual. It's about having a prayer team ready. It's about ready, but, but about being on our knees and ready for the move of God and having things in proper order. So here's the order because that's that's um, um, that was chapter six, but over in chapter five, the previous chapter, chapter five sets up chapter six. A lot of times we just preach chapter 6. Oh, here's the glory. The glory's coming. But what made that possible? How many want to know that? You go back to the previous chapter, verse 17. Now when the Philistines, hello, devil. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David, the devil knows what's going on in church. When they anointed David king over Israel, all the devils, I'm sorry, Philistines, went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Say, he went to the stronghold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Verse 19, and, oh, I'm sorry, and the Philistines also went. How many know wherever you go, the devil will follow? Stupid devil, because he's walking into a trap. And the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley, watch this, of Rephaim. Say Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Listen, these people who go looking for devils, that's stupid. Don't go looking for devils. Just live right, they will find you. If you're not being tempted or come against, it's probably because the devil's not afraid of you. (laughs) He's not threatened by you. So he inquires, shall I go? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up. Say, go up. For I will doubtless, I will doubtless (laughs) deliver your enemy into your, I will doubtless deliver him. 
So there's several points here we got to get. First of all, listen, the enemy is after your anointing. Notice he came when David got anointed. They anointed him king. Anytime we allow Jesus to be king and Lord, we get the enemy's attention. Oh, yeah. He's going to show up. He's not going to like that. Amen. Listen, the devil doesn't really care so much. I I mean, he knows he probably can't make you backslide. Two amens. Lord, this church you gave me. I'm worried about them. Lord can't make you backslide. No, he can't make you backslide. You're not going to backslide. You're not even looking in that direction. I don't like leeks and onions. He knows he can't get you to do that, but if he can steal your anointing, if he can get you distracted from your anointing, in other words, if he can get you away from your purpose, get you away from the strength of the anointing of God, when he anoints you, that means you're going somewhere, and that's when the enemy's going to come against you. But listen, don't worry about it, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So don't let that stop you. Amen. Give him a shout of praise. Number two, we have a stronghold to go to. So when the enemy attacks, you don't have to stand alone in an open field. You have the secret place. I love that Psalms 91. We preached it last week. I need to go back to it again and talk about it again. It's the soldier's psalm. Amen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God in him, in him. Not an election, in him. Will I trust someone? Praise him. Amen. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Listen, listen, you don't have to set traps for turkeys. Just shoot them. They don't move very fast. And they're not flying anywhere. I don't know what percent it is, but a big percent of the church of Jesus Christ are turkeys. Come on, church. And some of the, and a lot of them are even domesticated. Ready for the ready for the Thanksgiving table. I'm telling you, he doesn't care if you're a turkey, but if you turn into a if you turn into an eagle, you're a threat to the enemy. Amen. It's time to soar in heavenly places. And he's gonna and he's gonna deliver us from the perilous pestilence. What's the perilous pestilence besides COVID? It's what you get from other people. I'm not saying stay away from people. I'm just saying he can protect you from. <laughs> Don't look around, point fingers. But you know what I'm saying. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near you, near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge 
over, oh, I love what God said. In between every one of us are angels so that every chair is full this morning. I said every chair is full this morning. Oh, I feel the Lord. When my hand gets like that, you know. Where am I? For he shall give his charge, angels charge over you to keep you in all your, all your ways. We have a stronghold. Number three, we must go. You got to go. You can't just sit there and say, well, I don't know. Uh, you got to go. I told someone this week, he said, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know I, I keep praying, but I don't hear anything from God, and I just don't, don't want to do anything unless I hear from God, and, and so I'm just not doing anything, not even hardly going to church, just not doing anything. I said, you know what, brother? God can't steer a car that's not moving. You don't have to have a word from God. Read your Bible for crying out loud. Just read the scriptures. It's all in there. Amen. Just go to the word. The word tells you what to do. And as you go, he will give you direction. As you go, he'll say right, left, stop, go, reverse. He'll give you direction. But my God, get out of the driveway. Sometimes you have to go in reverse reverse before you can go forward. But at least you're moving. Say, Pastor, I'm going in reverse, but I'm moving. Just move. Say, I got to go. I got to go. Verse 20, we pick up the story. Verse 20 and 21. So David went to Baal Perazim. Uh huh. And David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me. Like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Baal Perazim. The Lord is like a like a breakthrough of water. I want you to get this because sometimes we say, "Where, where's my blessing? Where's where's my answer? When is God going to speak?" I need the Lord to break through. Listen, it's not about it's not about we can't see or it's not about your it's not about God has to create your blessing. How many of you have been been to Mifflin and you saw the big van, big band big dam? Behind the dam, there's deep waters. Lots of deep water, still water. On the other side, there's a little trickle of water coming out. You all know where I'm going, a little trickle of water. Some of us, all we got is a little trickle of water. We got just enough water coming through to keep us alive. But behind the dam, there, there, there's where your blessing is. I just came by to tell you the blessing already exists The answer already exists. God doesn't have to do anything. Your answer is already there, but it's being dammed up. It's being held back. It's there. Oh, y'all aren't hearing what I'm saying. It's there, but it's got to have a breakthrough. Somehow that dam's got to break. And once, can you imagine if Mifflin Dam broke and all that water would suddenly rush through and I'm praying, oh, God, break the dam that's holding back the church, that's holding back our families, that's holding back salvation. Let the dam break. Hallelujah. 
And listen to what he said. The Lord broke through. He didn't, listen, you don't have to break through. You just have to let God break through. He said, the Lord broke through my enemies. How many believe he wants to? How many believe he wants to? He is the Lord of the breakthrough. Wow. The battle was in the valley called Rephaim. If you know anything about Scripture, that's actually a word very similar to the word in the Hebrew that's, that's interpreted giants. This is the valley of giants. And he said, don't be afraid of the giants. I remember the children of Israel when they getting ready to cross over, and they said, we're, we're, like, we're like grasshoppers. They're giants, and we're afraid of them. Only two guys out of a million were ready to go. God could win with two guys. <laughs> I said, God can win with two guys. <laughs> but they were afraid, and because they were afraid, they lost the promise for 40 years. Wow. You know, when Saul was king, it said when the Philistines came against Saul, Saul ran. He ran. David ran too. He ran to the battle. It's time we run to the battle. I, I told you this. I think last week that one thing about COVID is it, it revealed our fears. It exposed our fears. Now, there's a difference between just being smart and doing the right thing and being afraid and living in constant fear. Whatever is not a faith is sin. So, listen, it exposed, listen, it exposed our fear of death. We talked about that last week. It exposed our fear. But listen, we can't, we can't be, listen, we've often quoted Revelation chapter 21 because it lists all the people that aren't going to heaven. I don't know why that's a favorite verse for some people, but there it is. He said, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns. All those sexual perverts, they're going to hell, but so are the cowards. Drop the mic, let's go home. So are the cowardly. I like that, I like that verse. One, one of the first sermons I ever preached is in Proverbs where it says, there's a lion out there and I can't. Yeah, if I looked out my front door and saw a lion, I'd stay indoors too. But the scripture rebukes him as being lazy. I don't care if there's a lion in the front yard. I know the devil is like a roaring lion. But I'm here to tell you uh, that the lion of the tribe of Judah is greater than the ravening lion. Amen. He's, oh, my God, he can take on that little lion. You know, when the devil roars really big, you notice something? He doesn't have any teeth. He can't devour you unless you let him. Come on, we've got to rise up boldly in these last days. So watch this. David renames the valley. He renamed the valley from 
the valley of the giants to the valley of the Lord of the breakthrough. I have a word for somebody today. Whatever your issue, whatever your problem, whatever your hurt, whatever your past, whatever your whatever thing, physical, uh, financial, uh, spiritual, whatever situation you're facing, I have a word for you. God's about to change the name of your situation. He's about to change the name. If you're sick in body, he's about to change the name from sickness to the breakthrough. Whatever the problem this morning, God's about to change the name of your problem to breakthrough. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. I don't have to break through. He broke through. Come on and praise him if you know what I'm talking about. You need to claim your valley. Your valley is the valley of breakthrough. Ah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus broke through. He renamed our situation. Oh, my God, I feel them all over me. You know what they say? Go to Psalms 84. They say, the theologians say that they're pretty sure that this valley of Rephaim had another name, and it was the valley of Baca. And we see the valley of Baca in Psalms 84. And I love this because this is David's psalm as he's, listen, as he's sitting there. I like to think he's in one of those beach chairs with a Bahama mama, and he's, only if you cruise do you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he's sitting there, and he's got his shades on, and he's, because the glory's bright. And he's sitting in that tent called David's Tabernacle, 24-hour worship, seven days a week. Praise, new praise team comes in every hour, and they just worship and prophesy. And, and David says, I just love to... I love to just get in my beach chair and just sit there and enjoy. How many love the presence of the Lord? How lovely is your tabernacle, oh, Lord of hosts. Can you, can, come on, the praise team. Come on, can you all sing that one? <laughs> oh, Lord of hosts, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out. For the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a net. You know what? You know what? Let's, let's get into this. You know what he's saying? David is sitting there in his chair worshiping God, and he sees a sparrow up there in a nest up on the where the tent things come together. A sparrow had made a nest up there. He said, He said, God even lets this, God even has a place for the sparrow. In the presence of God. And David noticed the sparrow there. Let me say, there's a place for you. If he'll give place to sparrows, he'll give a place for you. And the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay, uh, lay her young. Even your altars, O oh Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Mm. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Selah, think about it. Meditate on that. Give me an amen. <laughs> Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, on being a pilgrim. Too many of us have permanent addresses in the natural. My God help us. We're in the spiritual. 
Blessed are the, okay. And as they, as they, my fault, as they pass through, they pass through the valley of Baca. And Baca means tears. As they go through the valley of weeping. Anyone been to the point where you're weeping? Ever been hurt that badly? That the tears are passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. Who knew your tears will make your trial a spring? The rain also covers it with pool. God will add to your tears and bring showers of blessing. God in Zion. The valley of Baca becomes a river, becomes a stream, becomes a pool, becomes a place of blessing. You're going to pass through this. And as you do, God's going to use your very tears to refresh you and bless you. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. Hallelujah. Perizim, the Lord of the breakthrough. Perizim is the plural form of Perez. And I don't know if you know your Old Testament, especially Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 38. I won't read it, but if, if you like daytime soap operas, you must read this chapter. It's one of the weirdest, distorted, even disturbing <laughs> chapter in the whole Bible. Everyone's going to read it today. Everyone's like, I'll read this. But it's, it's and I'll spare you the story. It's weird. But long and short of it, a woman named Tamar is pregnant with twins. She's pregnant with twins from Judah. And that, that'll preach too. Praise will get you pregnant. Come on. She's pregnant with twins, and she's about to give birth. And if you remember the story, the one twin puts his, his hand comes out first. And they put a scarlet thread around the hand to remember which one was born first, right? But then something really strange, and this is not the strangest thing in the chapter, but something really strange happened. The hand, the, the other twin, pulled back the hand, back in, and the other twin burst out. And they called him, they named him Perez because he, even though the other twin tried to come out, he was pulled back and Perez was born, so they named him Breakthrough. What a great name. Hey, breakthrough. Come home to lunch. Breakthrough. Don't you do that again. Breakthrough was his name. Glory to God. And, and the spirit of the Lord came on me and said, that's exactly right. The devil's trying to break through. The devil's trying to be first. The devil's trying to lead the way right now. Amen. Come on. There's a breakthrough uh, that the devil's trying. And, and we're just putting, you know, and the world's putting a banner on it. Say, yeah, yeah. 
and then there's that breakthrough. But God said, I'm going to pull that breakthrough out, and I'm going to put another hand. Amen. That which is supposed to be born is going to be born. The church is going to have revival, and there's going to be a breakthrough like we have never seen in our lifetime. God's about to do it. God's about to break through. It's about to happen if you'll just pray and believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The breakthrough is coming. God's going to rename what we're going through, and he's calling it breakthrough. Come on and shout to the Lord if you believe it. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The devil's trying to get a foothold, but God's going to break through. Perez became the ancestor of David, became the ancestor of Jesus Christ. Woo, glory to God. In fact, in the book of Ruth, they refer to Perez. In Ruth chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, May your house... Be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Talking about Ruth. I'm telling you, this. listen, for centuries they would say this over their households. They would say, quote, may your family be like that of Perez. And I'm saying it over you in the name of Jesus prophetically. May your home be like that of Perez. May your home be the home of breakthrough. May your home be the home that makes a difference. May something happen in your home. Something else is trying to get a hold of your home, but I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's pulling back, and that which should be born will be born in your home. Perez! Lord of the breakthrough. My God. How many remember Jehoshaphat? There was another battle. Wait, let me back up. We talked about the dam breaking. What if there was another way of looking at that? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Listen, listen, listen. What if we're talking about a woman who's pregnant nine months, right? What happens to a woman in the ninth month just before the baby's born? The water. Maybe the illustration is not a dam. Maybe God's saying something's about to be born. And I'm telling you, when your water breaks, you're not like, well, I need to go to the hospital, but I need to clean the house first. Well, I, you know, I need, to, I, I need to straighten this up. I need to get this organized. I need to cook a meal for my husband because you know how he gets. No, no, no. When your water breaks, it's pretty, you're pretty much on your way to the hospital if not already there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God, there's a sense of urgency coming to the house of God. When the water breaks, you won't have time for anything else. You won't be playing little games anymore. God's saying when the water breaks, something powerful is about to happen in the whole life of the church, your family, your home, everything will change when the water breaks. Amen. When the water breaks, that baby's coming and there's in, there won't be anything you can do to stop it. How many want a move of God that you can't stop? 
stop. How many want a move of God that changes everything? Ah, hallelujah. May your family be like that of Perez.